Live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio redefined. With Kenny Sargent, Beijing Doctor Douchebag, Crash Gladys, getting crash position, and Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Freaks. Coming up, Freaks. Freak Nation, I'm sitting in the media center, Daytona International Speedway. Statman's been in many media centers. Crasher, you have too, but this was a first. It was interesting with the last couple of laps with the Daytona 500. It wasn't a packed media center. It hasn't been packed to the gills. It's still some COVID effect, but there's still quite a few number of members here, media members here. But it was as it was coming down to last couple of laps, then that last, excuse me, that last lap, and you saw Bubba making his move. All you heard in the media center were probably two, three dozen media, media members going, Bubba, 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 <laughs> Bubba. Not one media person was going, Austin, Austin, Austin. Everybody was going, Bubba, Bubba, Bubba. And then, 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 then <laughs> well, that was me in Phoenix, too. I'm going, come on, come on. I was standing up. I was pacing the room. I'm like, come on, Bubba, you got this. You got this. Yeah, well, that makes three of us. <laughs> I was, anybody next door probably called 911 because I was banging and <laughs> clapping and screaming. They would have thought that uh, somebody invaded my house and was take, taking me over. <laughs> No disrespect to Austin Sindrick, obviously. I mean, it's an amazing win for him, too. But, man, to be a bridesmaid two years in a row, I just feel for the guy. Yeah, well, the, the crazy thing for me was that I would have gone to the wall believing he won the race because I didn't see the start-finish line. And when <laughs> when uh, Sindrick got out of the way, the door, it was like the, the, oh, the seas parted. Right. And it's like, you got this. Don't get it. <laughs> And uh, he, when he, pulled, I guess when Cedric slowed down and he went crazy, I said he won the thing. And then they said Cedric won. And what? <laughs> <laughs> we in the media center, the majority of the time, get the MRN broadcast, not the Fox broadcast. Okay. I don't know about the Fox. What's that? Oh, I just said, yeah, right. I forgot because you're you're watching one broadcast, but you're hearing another. It's yeah. yeah, that's so confusing at times. So I'm not sure what they how they sounded on Fox, but they almost sounded disappointed on MRN. It's like <laughs> Austin Sendrick gets to win. <laughs> well, I think everybody was kind of at the same place yeah. because literally the bottom of the track opened up and. Uh, uh, Wallace went right through it and it was like, he's got this win. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. The, the worst part for me, and I had to leave the room for a few seconds is that when they did the wrap up at the end of the, of the broadcast, they never mentioned Daryl Wallace, Bubba Wallace, anybody, but Cendric and Briscoe. And uh, they never mentioned that Wallace finished second by less than a fender. And uh, I I was enraged. I had to 
walk you know out of the room for a few minutes oh that's odd yeah well <laughs> no it's not well yeah i got gotcha. you i got gotcha. you ouch there were many locations where i was during the race one in the media center of course two in the big courtyard area when bubba was contending for the win you, it was the feeling was palpable out there when he would make a move uh, I walked down to his pits, Michael Jordan, and, and, and that was the most crowded pit uh, for the last 25 laps. <laughs> so it um, it was fun to be around for a change, to be around something that would be so historic to be a part of. You know, a woman winning the 500, uh, an African-American winning the 500. To be in a place to see and hear and feel that happen. I think all of us are going, dang, that close. And then on that on that on that accident prior to the finale, it did where we were standing, we couldn't see Bubba lose his right front fender. Oh, right. Then they started talking about it. We all just there's no way he's and he's still in for the hunt with a crap aerodynamic front end. <laughs> yeah, that was it was wild. To watch the whole thing, he was being pushed by Kyle, and Kyle fell by the wayside in one of the crashes. And he still, he was like, I think with the the restart, he was like fifth. And uh, he still came back and came within, you know, a few feet of winning the thing. Yeah. Maybe if it had been another 10 or 20 yards, uh, he might have won. If they'd have had to We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the freak. Bringing in another round of affiliates here in the Freak Nation. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night from the Lucas Oil Studios. Almost 22 years of doing this thing. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent. Thank you guys for hanging out. More on the Daytona 500. Austin Cindric, a rook winning the 500. But first, Crash Gladys, Pit News and Notes. Brought to you by our friends at General Tire. Go to their website, GeneralTire.com. Got us a big old northern coming in. Going to be cold as hell across the country here in a day or two. Make sure you're rolling on some General Tires. Go to GeneralTire.com. That's GeneralTire.com to check out the tires for your righteous ride. Crasher. The duels and that new team, RFK Racing, boldly announcing their presence. Brad Keselowski taking the first win and co-driver Chris Busher with win number two. That essentially set the field for the big race on Sunday. More on the Daytona 500 itself in a bit. Friday was for the trucks and the first big one of the weekend. The first of many. Staying clean with Zane Smith for his first win with his new team. And what's that about first win with a new team? Oh, Lucas Oil sponsored Richard Childress rookie Austin Hill did that very same thing the very next day as a newbie in the Xfinity Series on Saturday. Just playing mega with that win. Also on Saturday, well, it was kind of more Groundhog Day in the Lucas Oil 200 Arca Series as Billy Venturini took himself yet another Daytona win, now five in a row, two in a row for driver Corey Heim on General Tires. But wait, there's more. Remember that rookie thing? Remember that new team thing? After a mega Daytona 500, it proved to be quite the trend this weekend. Rookie Austin Sindrick winning the great American race for Roger Penske. Oh, on the captain's birthday, too. So... If you're keeping score at home, yes, that's two rookies winning in three brand new teams this weekend 
in Daytona. You can't write a Hollywood script better than this. I already titled it on Twitter this evening, Two Austins and a Zane Walk into Daytona. <laughs> Crack myself up. All right, on the other coast, NHRA was kicking off their season, and Lucas Oil sponsor Justin Ashley had had about enough of that Austin winning streak. So in Pomona, he did something about it in Top Fuel. His reaction time was slightly worse, but he drove around Austin Prop to secure this season's first Wally. Oh, yeah, he also drives for a new team. Like I said, Antron Brown Motorsports. Dude, Robert Height took the funny car win over Ron Caps in the finals, and Erica Enders crushed Aaron Stanfield to take home the season's first pro stock title. Yep, there's more on the weekend. Speedsport and Racer.com, they got you covered. More Freaks next from Lucas Oil Studios. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. How about this, Freak Nation? No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than its oil. But with Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do. Protect your engine and offer peak performance. Lucas Oil Heavy Duty Stabilizer, it eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Hey man, don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. That's right, keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Now you can get generic Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. Call now for the 50-pill special and save even more. Plus, get a free bonus. 800-993-1327. 800-993-1327. That's 800-993-1327. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil, it works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule, a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil 8 Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. <laughs> If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. 
Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-756-8720. 800-756-8720. That's 800-756-8720. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. You know, is that the theme song for Bubba Wallace? We're not going to take... Oh, man. Another second-place finish for Bubba Wallace in the Daytona 500 Freak Nation. Statman Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. The website, speedfreaks.tv. Lucas Oil Studios. Yes, the Lucas Oil Studios. 22 years coming up in June. Proud partners of ours for those almost... 22 years. Go to lucasoil.com to find the products to keep your ride on the road. That's lucasoil.com. That's lucasoil.com. Some highlights from the infield here at Daytona International Speedway was, frankly, watching some of the, the reactions of the crowd, depending on who was in the lead at the time, whether it was Bubba Wallace or Kyle Busch or Brad Kozlowski. Brad Kozlowski Again, maybe it was what we saw at the LA Coliseum where he didn't he didn't he didn't fare like a championship team. I couldn't hear what the commentators were saying at the time, but Brad Kozlowski, for the first time as a team owner with Jack Roush and crew, impressed the hell out of me, guys. I don't I don't know what you guys saw if you heard them talking about uh, BK uh, running for this win, but he was surprising for me. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of bias in the booth as far as talking about one driver over another, one team over another. And I was I was pleasantly surprised with that because, yeah, there wasn't like a big love fest for, you know, Michael Jordan or Brad Daugherty or Tony Stewart, you know, in these ownership roles or the, their fellow drivers as well. It was a pretty even playing field when it came to talking about all the teams and drivers during the race. So, yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of. I don't know, spectacular talk about Keselowski and how well he was doing at Daytona. No, there really wasn't. I mean, it, it was impressive to see, though, yes. There were some, fu- there were some funny lines from Tony. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, during the course of the thing, like, don't crash my car, or he did he did wonders for me, or he screwed, you know, he screwed up quite a few bit, quite a <laughs> few times when he was driving for me. Uh, but the the line, I, I the line of the night was uh, towards the end, I think the last restart, where uh, they turned to him and said, "Where would you want to be uh, in this restart?" He says, "Right here next to you." <laughs> that was good. <laughs> he did. He said, "I don't want to be anywhere close to that. That's crazy down there." <laughs> so, uh, and in watching it, I kept saying, "They're trying to crash again." You know, I mean, they were. They they all the way till the last lap. They were trying their best to take each other out. I don't know what's going to improve that. I think it was good. You mentioned uh, Keselowski. He's a, a championship driver, obviously, and he is. I think when he gets behind the wheel, at least in this race, he wasn't wearing a, a, a three piece and a tie. He was wearing a driver's suit. 
and he was driving the taste out of that car compared mm-hmm. to what he's done in the in the last couple of years. So uh, yeah, and he was he was impressive, and I think the the other thing that impressed me is that it seems like the drivers are getting more comfortable. And this sounds crazy, but it sounds like you're getting more comfortable around Wallace. And I think that uh, they're pushing him. He's got more control of the car. There was once when uh, uh, Kyle Busch uh, hit him, hit him at the wrong angle and sent the car, you know, fishtailing a little. And uh, he gathered it together. He could have taken out the whole field. He was at the front of the line. So uh, I, I, he's going to win. He said twice last year, and he got uh, the race ended while he was in first place at Talladega. But I think he's the crew is getting good, and I think he's going to win uh, more than once this year. I would love to see that. I would absolutely love to see that. But then again, some drivers just have some disciplines that they are they excel at much more than others. And hey, if you can excel, if Keselowski is going to excel at the Talladegas and Daytonas and Fontanas of the world, then awesome. Same with Bubba Wallace. Awesome. Yes, I do want to see, <laughs> clearly I'm a big track fan anyway. Jeez, I grew up in Indianapolis. That's that's just my favorite kind. I, I like the wide open racing. But yeah, I would like to see the Keselowskis and the Wallaces do great at road courses, do great at short tracks as well. Yeah, and I am completely happy with Austin Sendrick. Yes, and yes, 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 yes. Briscoe and the new guys. And we're not seeing mm-hmm. a parade of Harvick and Bush and Bush and uh, the same guys working all the time. There's new blood coming online, and I like that. And if Wallace is part of that new blood, that's even better. But Sendrick uh, is very good. They bought him the right way. He even drove in uh, rallycross for a year or two. So he knows how to handle a car. Uh, He drove in uh, sports cars, GT racing in Australia for a couple of years with Mercedes. He knows how to handle a car, and he's going to be uh, something to be dealt with this year. You know what? That's a really good point that I'm sure it will be brought up more as the year goes on, especially if Austin continues to be in winter in the winter circle. But yeah, this is a kid who could have had anything he wanted. He started with open wheel, I believe in carts. He was going to go to IndyCar and then he's just, I don't know exactly what changed him, but he could have been in top tier equipment from the get go. And instead you're exactly right. Statman. They groomed him to go through the ranks as any other driver should do. And he learned a ton along that 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 process he learned a ton and yeah, now look at him his dad is one of the most powerful men in global racing yep <laughs> general manager of penske racing mm-hmm. so you could think that he could have done anything he wanted to do like you were suggesting but i talked to him once at the global at a global rallycross event several years ago and uh he was happy as a clam he just mm-hmm. wanted to drive and, uh, you know, he was a teenager and he was, hey, let's go, you know, party and let's drive this car. But uh, he, he's obviously learned how to handle a car. He was uh, in the in the mix all day. And at the end, he had the racecraft to win it. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised, in fact, that Wallace had the racecraft to challenge for the win. Like I said, another 10 yards might have won that race. But. <laughs> Uh, he, you know, you had the feeling when 
Danica Patrick a few years ago at Indy when she was uh, started uh, one of the late restarts. She was in first place. Mm -hmm. You had the feeling she didn't have the racecraft to win that race. Uh, but Wallace and Cindric uh, both had the racecraft to uh, to win today, and the race just ended when Cindric was ahead. He lost, talking about Bubba Wallace, he lost part of his aerodynamics and still kept it up there. That was badass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Roger Penske was in the media center earlier tonight, and he talked about a number of things, including how at one time there was just brief discussion about uh, replacing Austin Cindric, but something, the light switch came on, and I'm not sure when it was, but not only because he became the driver that he is now and, and will become, but two, the, the ability to converse with his crew chief, what the car's doing, and two, the ability to talk to sponsors, which is very important oh. to Roger Pinsky. And oh. uh, Roger just basically said he sold on, on this guy. There are times that he has question, had questions about him, like he does all of his drivers. And he, kind of with a smirk there, the fact that it's, you know, his old man has helped put Pinsky on the map and, uh, over the last decade, decade and a half. But that, all that being said, it's it was fun watching Roger Penske kind of give the backstory of Austin Sendrick and running him stat through all those series to, my goodness, he's a rookie winning the Daytona 500. So here's something. I know we have a Race of Champions interview coming up. we got the Solbergs coming on with us. But he, at the Race of Champions a couple weekends ago for the USA, it was Brian Herta and Jimmy Johnson representing. Brian Herta, excuse me, Colton Herta, my goodness, Colton Herta and Jimmy Johnson. Colton Herta may stay in that seat for Team UA. Can you imagine in just a couple of years if it's Colton Herta and Austin Sindrick? Yeah. That's not un impossible. Think it about could that. happen. Uh, we got about 30 seconds before we got to go to break, guys. Statman, Crash, Gladys, Kenny Sargent, more conversation we're going to have about the Daytona 500 and some ob other observances that I've had here at Daytona that uh, we'll get to. Be sure you follow us on Twitter. We're there for you on Facebook. The website, speedfreaks.tv. A.J. Allmendinger, part of a crazy race Saturday night in the Xfinity Series. He's going to be joining us this hour. Next hour, Haley Deegan. And as Crasher mentioned, Petter and Oliver Solberg. Yeah, those guys, rally champions and race of champion champions. Coming up. I obviously don't have access to NASCAR's inner sanctum, but I can imagine lots of smiles that are happening in those hallways at the start of the Daytona 500. The Bushlight Clash in the Los Angeles Coliseum was a major TV hit, second only to the Winter Olympics nationally. The three and a half million who tuned in was equal to the last two years of the Bush Clash combined. But here's the big news. I read this week that teams in the Daytona 500 Sunday were owned by NBA legend Michael Jordan, boxing legend Floyd Mayweather, and entertainer Pitbull. These say those aren't good old boys or descendants from the Alabama gang. Is this strength in the NASCAR industry? Proof that expanding the audience beyond the Confederate flag is working? Or just the popularity of the great American race? It's early, but I guess there's a combination of all three. Sponsors will stand in line to talk to an audience, and that includes NASCAR if its audience is no longer sliding off the back of the grandstand. Peace.
Creeps, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Another second place finish for Bubba Wallace in the Daytona 500 Freak Nation. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. The website, speedfreaks.tv. Lucas Oil Studios. Yes, the Lucas Oil Studios. 22 years coming up in June. Proud partners of ours for those almost 22 years. Go to lucasoil.com to find the products to keep the ride on the road, that's lucasoil.com. That's lucasoil.com. Some highlights from infield here at Daytona International Speedway was, frankly, watching some of the, the reactions of the crowd, depending on who was in the lead at the time, whether it was Wallace or Kyle Busch or Brad Kozlowski. Brad Kozlowski, again, maybe it was what we saw at the L.A. Coliseum where he didn't, he didn't he didn't fare like a championship team. I couldn't hear what the commentators were saying at the time, but Brad Kozlowski, for the first time as a team owner with Jack Roush and crew, impressed the hell out of me, guys. I don't I don't know what you guys saw, if you heard them talking about uh, BK uh, running for this win, but he was surprising for me. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of bias in the booth as far as talking about one driver over another, one team over another. And I was, I was pleasantly surprised with that because, yeah, there wasn't like a big love fest for, you know, Michael Jordan or Brad Daugherty or Tony Stewart, you know, in these ownership roles or the, their fellow drivers as well. It was a pretty even playing field when it came to talking about all the teams and drivers during the race. So, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, I don't know, spectacular talk about Keselowski and how well he was doing at Daytona. No, there really wasn't. I mean, it, it was impressive to see, though. Yes, there were some funny lines from Tony. Oh, yes, <laughs> uh, you know, during the course of the thing, like "Don't crash my car," or he did he did wonders for me, or he screwed you know he screwed up quite a few bit quite a <laughs> few times right. when he was driving for me. Uh, <laughs> but the the line, I, I the line of the night was uh, towards the end. I think the last restart where uh, they turned to him and said, "Where would you want to be?" Uh, in this restart, he says, right here next to you. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> he, did, he said, I don't want to be anywhere close to that. That's crazy down there. <laughs> so, uh, and in watching it, I kept saying, they're trying to crash again. You know, I mean, they were, they, they, all the way till the last lap, they were trying their best to take each other out. I don't know what's going to improve that. I think it was good. You mentioned uh, Keselowski. He's a, a championship driver, obviously, and he is, I think, when he gets behind the wheel, at least in this race, he wasn't wearing a, a, a three-piece and a tie. He was wearing a driver's suit, and he was driving the taste out of that car compared mm-hmm. to what he's done in the in the last couple of years. So, uh, yeah, and he was, he was impressive. And I think the, the other thing that impressed me is that it seems like the drivers are getting more comfortable and this sounds crazy, but it sounds like you're getting more comfortable around Wallace. And uh, I think that uh, they pushing him, he's got more control of the car. There was once when uh, uh, Kyle Busch uh, hit him, hit him at the wrong angle and sent the car, you know, fishtailing a little. 
and uh, he gathered it together. He could have taken out the whole field. He was at the front of the line. So uh, I, I, he's going to win. He said twice last year, and he got uh, the race ended while he was in first place at Talladega. But I think he's nice. the crew is getting good, and I think he's going to win uh, more than once this year. I would love to see that. I would absolutely love to see that. But then again, some drivers just have some disciplines that they are they excel at much more than others. And hey, if you can excel, if Keslowski's going to excel at the Talladegas and Daytonas and Fontanas of the world, then awesome. Same with Bubba Wallace. Awesome. Yes, I do want to see. <laughs> clearly, I'm a big track fan anyway. Geez, I grew up in Indianapolis. That's that's just my favorite con. I, I like the wide open racing. But yeah, I would like to see the Keslowskis and the Wallaces do great at road courses, do great at short tracks as well. Yeah, and I am completely happy with Austin Sendrick. Yes, and yes, 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 yes. Frisco and the new guys. And we're not seeing mm-hmm. a parade of Harvick and Bush and Bush and uh the same guys working all the time. There's new blood coming online, and I like that. And if Wallace is part of that new blood, that's even better. But Cendric uh, is very good. They bought him up the right way. He even drove in uh, rallycross for a year or two. So he knows how to handle a car. Uh, he drove in uh, sports cars, GT racing in Australia for a couple of years with Mercedes. He knows how to handle a car, and he's going to be uh, something to be dealt with this year. You know what? That's a really good point that I'm sure it will be brought up more as the year goes on, especially if Austin continues to be in in the winner's circle. But, yeah, this is a kid who could have had anything he wanted. He started with open wheel, I believe, in carts. He was going to go to IndyCar, and then he's just – I don't know exactly what changed him, but he could have been in top-tier equipment from the get-go. And instead, you're exactly right, Statman. They groomed him to go through the ranks, as any other driver should do. And he learned a ton along that 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 process. He learned a ton. And yeah, now look at him. His dad is one of the most powerful men in global racing. Yep. <laughs> General manager of Penske Racing. Mm-hmm. So you could think that he could have done anything he wanted to do, like you were suggesting. But I talked to him once at the global at a global rallycross event several years ago, and uh, he was happy as a clam. He just wanted to drive, and uh, you know he was a teenager, and he was hey, let's go, you know, party and let's drive this car, but. Uh, he, he's obviously learned how to handle a car. He was, uh, in the, in the mix all day. And at the end, he had the racecraft to win it. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised in fact, that Wallace had the racecraft to challenge for the win. Like I said, another 10 yards, he might've won that race, but, mm-hmm. uh, he, you know, you had the feeling when Danica Patrick a few years ago, at Indy when she was uh, started uh, one of the late restarts, she was in first place. Mm-hmm. You had the feeling she didn't have the race craft to win that race. Uh, but Wallace and Cendric uh, both had the race craft to, uh, to win today. And the race just ended when Cendric was ahead. He lost talking about Bubba Wallace. He lost part of his aerodynamics and still kept it up there. That was badass. Yeah. Yeah. Roger Penske was in the media center 
earlier tonight, and he talked about a number of things, including how at one time there was just brief discussion about uh, replacing Austin Cindric, but something the light switch came on, and I'm not sure when it was, but not only because he became the driver that he is now and and will become, but two, the the ability to converse with his crew chief, what the car is doing, and two, the ability to talk to sponsors, which is oh. very important to Roger Pinsky. Oh. And uh, Roger just basically said he sold on on this guy. There are times that he has question had questions about him, like he has all of his drivers, and he, kind of with a smirk there, the fact that it's you know his old man has helped Pinsky on the map. And, uh, over the last decade, decade and a half. But that, all that being said, it's it was fun watching Roger Penske kind of get the backstory of Austin Sendrick and running him stat through all those series to, my goodness, he's a rookie winning the Daytona 500. So here's something. I know we have a Race of Champions interview coming up. we got the Solbergs coming on with us. But at the Race of Champions a couple weekends ago for the USA, it was Brian Herta and Jimmy Johnson representing. Brian Herta, excuse me, Colton Herta, my goodness, Colton Herta and Jimmy Johnson. Colton Herta may stay in that seat for Team USA. Can you imagine in just a couple of years if it's Colton Herta and Austin Sindrick? Yeah. That's not impossible. It could happen. Think about that. Uh, we got about 30 seconds before we got to go to break, guys. Statman, Gladys, Kenny Sargent, more conversation we're going to have about the Daytona 500 and some ob- other observances that I've had here at Daytona that uh, we'll get to. Be sure you follow us on Twitter. Therefore, you on Facebook, the website, speedfreak.tv. AJ Allmendinger, part of a crazy race Saturday night in the Xfinity Series. He's going to be joining us this hour. Next hour, Haley Deegan and Scratcher mentioned Petter and Oliver Solberg. Yeah, those guys, rally champions and race of champion champions. Coming up. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Transmissions are one of the most complicated and expensive components in your car or truck. Don't let leaks and low fluid make a bad situation even worse. Use Lucas Transmission Fix in your older car's transmission to stop slipping, hesitation, and rough shifting. Lucas Transmission Fix was specially formulated to make your automatic transmission perform like new, and it actually eliminates most leaks. It also works on light-duty manual transmissions to increase shifting ease and transmission life. Shift your problem to Lucas Transmission fix lucas oil it works now you can get generic viagra shipped to your door for about two dollars a pill get the same impact for less call steel man pills now and get the same blue pill for about two dollars a pill call now for the 50 pill special and save even more plus get a free bonus 800-993-1327 800-993-1327 That's 800-993-1327.
Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule, a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24-7, 365. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed. So there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. The website, speedfreaks.tv. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Damn, we're everywhere. Thank you guys for hanging out, man. Coming up in moments, AJ Allmendinger here in the Freak Nation. Petter and Oliver Solberg, race of champions, champions, will be joining us in the second hour. Haley Deegan will be in here. And, oh, yeah, Jet Lawrence, Supercross pilot. It's all coming up here in the Freak Nation. A.J. Almendinger running full-time with College Racing in the Xfinity Series for 2022. Going to be running for that championship again. Was running for a Daytona win last night in the Xfinity race until Myatt Snyder uh, decided to go bonkers through the fence. So what happened next was uh, A.J. Allmendinger basically had his Daytona win taken away. I caught up with A.J. Allmendinger in his hauler prior to the Xfinity Series race. We had a great conversation and probably didn't talk much since for six or seven minutes. And then after that final last night with Myatt Snyder going up into the fence in a fiery crash, I said, A.J., you got to come back over here, and we have have to have an addendum to this interview. So it's a two-parter first is prior to the Xfinity race last night. And then after the Xfinity race where AJ almost grabbed himself a big win in Daytona Xfinity series pilot and friend of the freak nation, AJ Allmendinger right now, Steve Freak Spitz and the Lucas Oil studios. You know, when AJ Allmendinger rolls in the freak nation, I usually cool. have a plan on how to start the interview, but uh, a driver came up to me, an IndyCar driver actually texted me and said, let's ask AJ what the hell he's running this year. Is he running the Cup Series? Is he running the Xfinity Series? Is he running sprint cars, go-karts? Okay, run me through what the hell you're going to be running this year. Well, after last year when we won Mid-Ohio, and then you came on your own show. I came on your show, and you came on your show and just trashed me for like an hour. I decided I need to run more races to try to prove to you that I'm worthy enough to come talk to you. So we got 49 races this year. We got full Xfinity, 16 Cup races. Just to try to make you happy, Kenny Sargent. 
AJ Allmendinger here in the Freak Nation. Happy to hear that because uh, you being man of no children, just a bunch of damn cats. Uh, you can one run cat okay. and one French bulldog, okay. a bunch yeah. of damn animals. You being a man of no actual two-legged children, yeah. uh, you can run 49 races. But how do you maintain a relationship with that beautiful woman of yours? Well, it makes it simple. I'm not home as much, so she's happier. So that's pretty simple. Like, the less I'm home, the better our marriage is because she gets sick of me. Because I don't know if you know this or not, I can be a little crazy sometimes. Little, woo, get a little, woo, woo. and uh, she she feels like that she needs to get away from me sometimes. So, what was the problem with you and Michael Shank? Did you guys have a falling out? Uh, it was just different not seeing you and Michael Shank's uh, hot rod over the day twenty twenty four. Well, I just uh, I I told Mike after last year. I said, hey man, like I I think I got to prove to you that you know the the car needs to step up, and I, I'm not going to drive it until it steps up and. You're going to struggle without me. And then they went and won. So the plan backfired on me a little bit. Uh, no, unfortunately, I love me some shank. And it was uh, it was between with, with Simon now and, and with Elio being on the IndyCar side of it, they both run sports cars, Honda, Acura guys, and they got in the car and they won. What can we do about keeping Kyle Larson out of that championship chase? I mean, look. Uh, you've got the Almondinger. You have Almondinger fan base. Is there anything that you guys can maybe do to the Hendrick number five to keep him out of running for this chase? Well, um, in my defense, I don't care if he's in the in the top four because I'm not full time Cup, so they can do whatever the hell they want. I like my my son Justin Haley to be in the top four. So if we gotta in the 16 races I'm running, if I gotta go put some doors on somebody, we might have to do that. But at the end of the day. I'm more focused on the Xfinity Championship because that's actually what we're running because you don't do any homework or anything. You just spout off at the end of whatever you do. So that's what I'm doing. I don't have a play- playbook. I just, you know me, just off the top of my head, and I kind of scatter shoot as I go. Yeah, there's not a lot of good stuff in there. My point was you're running 16 races in the Cup Series. It, the championship doesn't mean crap to you. Yeah. You can be that dude to kind of give Larson a little wiggle, those top guys a little wiggle to get the hell out of the way. Yeah, now that's true. And uh, – You've seen me. I'll do that if if we can catch him. Um, he's pretty good though. So we got some work at at College Racing to make sure that our stuff gets to the Hendrick level. That's what we're going to plan on doing. So it'll be fun. We'll have a good time. Let's be honest. When we saw you in Phoenix for the championship race, yeah, you said, "Kenny, I'm ready to go. I just don't think we have the car to do it, or whatever yeah. the problem was." Is that problem solved, Broham? To where I can talk to you again in Phoenix? To where you're saying? <laughs> Gonna win this some bitch. Well, I mean that's 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 the ultimate goal. Uh, yeah, I mean we we got to Phoenix and and it's not our best racetrack, and that's not an excuse. We got to keep getting better, and we're working hard at it. But uh, you know the good thing is is over the being the Xfinity driver full time for a season. Now that's my crew chief. That's Bruce. He's in a hurry. He's working hard. Uh, so I at least have a play like a note of of what's good, what's bad. We can build off of that. So. We still got a lot of work to do. It's going to be uh, this Xfinity series right now of what we have, of what we're racing against. I mean, it is very deep. So um, first goal is to make it to the playoffs and then run strong in the playoffs, get to that final four and go try to win. See, here's the thing, though. You're, you're clicking things off of your to-do list, winning in Indianapolis, uh, getting the final four for the championship. What's the next thing to click off for the Almondinger group? Man, I don't. I actually don't even kind of put anything on my list. I love what I'm doing right now. It's over the last couple of years is a bonus of what I ever expected. 
to have won a cup race at Indy, to have won so many Xfinity races now with Collard Racing. Just take it as it comes, you know. It's like, like it's like I it's like I told Tara when she was you know trying to trying to date me. I said, hey, you know, beggars can't be choosers. You know, you got. Don't tell her I said that, please. This will be going on every social media platform anyway, and you, and we know she follows us, and I follow her. Uh, you want to kind of repair what you just said so she knows that you're just kind of... <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, she's the most gorgeous girl on this planet, so I'm just very lucky that she even talks to me, let alone is married to me, and I love her to death, and um, please stay. All right, you grabbed yourself a big win in Indianapolis. Winning Daytona, is, is it the creme de la creme for you personally, or was Indianapolis the epitome yeah, I mean, for me, Indy will always probably be one of the one of the two biggest wins. I, you know, I look at Rolex Twenty Four with with uh, with Jay Will and Oz and John and Mike and and that whole group was so special for so many reasons. Now, uh, but Indy to win there like we did was was quite special. But man, it's Daytona. Anytime you can pull into victory lane, I don't care if it's at the Rolex Twenty Four. I don't care if it's the truck race, Xfinity race, Daytona Five Hundred, Fourth of July race, all that. To pull into victory lane at Daytona is something that uh, a lot of people can't say that they've done, so I'd love to do that today. We've been so close the last couple of races here, so we'll go try it again. Is it just great to look at me during the interview? I mean, it's fantastic. Like I'm uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little more excited than before this interview, so I'm ready to go win a race now. Well, that was the first parter with A.J. Allmendinger in his hauler prior to the Xfinity Series race. And if you caught that race, Saturday night at Daytona, you saw that he was running for that win until that last big crash with Myatt Snyder where he went up into the fencing and the car just blew up. Myatt Snyder, just a sore ankle after that accident. That's great news. But A.J. Allmendinger was running for his first Daytona win. Uh, February Daytona win. And again, he ran for the championship in the Xfinity Series. And then when I saw him after the race, I said, dude, we got we to gotta do a part two to our follow-up in the hauler. So here's part two with A.J. Allmendinger with a little bit of disappointment about not winning here at Daytona. When did you know that uh, Myatt Snyder decided to go up in the fence and uh, help you not win this race? Yeah, I, Radius the 21 got about a nose ahead of me. I was watching it, and I'm like, oh, the caution's coming out. Uh, you know, I really thought if the caution had come out, the 21 had such a run, I wasn't going to block him, but I was going to make him go below me so I could side draft him and still have a shot to win this race. And as soon as I seen what was happening behind yeah. me, I was like, oh, the caution's out. It's not going to happen. And it did come out. For good reason, by the way, because that was a gnarly wreck. Thank goodness my, it's okay. How many people around me I heard, he walked away. He's lucky to be alive. That was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it just shows the, the safety of, of these race cars, what the teams put into it, what NASCAR does for safety, the seats, everything mm -hmm. that goes along with it. So... Um, we know the risks, especially at this this type of racetrack, of what can happen. But the fact that that car, I mean, you know, it's like you cross the start-finish line, like, oh, my goodness, finish second. Like, that's disappointing. You come back around turn two, and you just see, I mean, it looked like a bomb went off back there. Mm -hmm. It was, there was stuff everywhere. And I looked at the, the cars I drove by and thought, oh, my goodness. Like, I like you, you start fearing the worst. I kind of looked in and seen he was out of the car already. I thought, okay, well, that's got to be somewhat of a good sign. But, yeah, fortunately, everybody was okay. 
I, I could say the last five laps. I could say the the last fifty laps with you up front. How do you drive in that manner? Because I mean, that's it's. Do you even break? Do you? No, but there's a there's a a fine line, and this is what I'm I'm still trying to learn. Is really it comes down to you don't want to get too far out there in the lead because mm-hmm. then they can really and then I could see especially once it was the twenty one and the nine and and whoever was lined up behind them you know they were they were they were starting practice they were judging the gaps so I was trying to lift and say okay how big of a run does he get this lap and work that strategy to to not let him get that big of a run and it just kind of it was going okay and. You knew at some point everybody was going to split off and mm-hmm. and you know third and fourth on back. They didn't want to run there. They were going to go for the win. So it got side by side, and I thought I did a pretty good job of of kind of not letting either line get too far away from me. Uh, but the twenty one moved up, and at that point I realized okay that's that's a little bit further than I wanted to be away from. Him. I thought okay I'm still going to be all right. And I don't know if it was the nine that hit him. I mean it was it was a run that I hadn't seen all night, and he, I mean he timed it perfect. So. He had a massive run, and I was like, okay, I'm not really going to block this that hard because there's no point. But I thought if I can get him to the bottom, I can start side drafting him right away. Mm-hmm. And then who's ever behind us, it's kind of a pick and choose who you're going to go with. So, But we unfortunately never got that opportunity. A.J. Allmendinger joining us here in the Lucas Oil Studios. When are you looking for – are you looking for friends out on the track who can help me get through this madness? Well, it, it's uh, – my friends were gone. Yeah, <laughs> Daniel Hamrick had done such a great job all night, and he wasn't there. And, and Landon unfortunately got shuffled. And I think the field's tired of watching the calling Chevys like kind of dictate the race. The three wide side by side blocking the whole racetrack last year during the summer race here, mm-hmm. I think pretty much ended everybody's association with wanting to help us. So I kind of figured, all right, now I'm not going to get a lot of help. It's just trying to hopefully I, I make the right move at the right time. There's a shot that I got got of you with your ass hanging out the window, looking up at the stands. What were you thinking? Like second again. Like I mean, unbelievable. It's it's funny because these races. If in our first interview you would have said, AJ, you're going to run top five all night in both stages, and I'm going to give you a top five in the race, I'd probably say, pack it up, let's go home, let's get ready for Fontana. And then you lose it like that. And it's just like, oh my goodness, like again, I cannot win one of these races. But, you know, the great thing is is we have fast cars, and we're probably going to have more opportunities. So it's – after I get over the disappointment for, of this and you start focusing on Fontana, great points night, and we get ready and go, and and uh, we build off it. How does 25-year-old A.J. Allmendinger react to this versus, what, 45-year-old A.J. Allmendinger? Whoa. Sorry. How did I get – just because I look younger than my age and you look like 67. Close. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, how does it? How does a young A.J. Almendinger react to well, a race Well, first like of this? all, young A.J. Almendinger would have never stopped for you. I'd have just kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been like, F off. Nope. Right. Um, True. You know, you just, you, as we all know, you get, you get, you know, older and you understand the good and bad of it and. I'll go back and watch and try to learn from it, but at the end of the day, it, it's as much as you want to win here. Like it doesn't change your life. Like I, it, I'm still going to Fontana racing next week. <laughs> It'd have been cool to have this trophy, but uh, you know, I got the the real 
special thing is that Matt Collig and Chris Rice and the men and women at Collard Racing, they truly believe in me. I got 49 races this year, so <laughs> we got a lot of time. It's strange, man, how when, you, when you're friends with drivers, how you – and I know Carly and everybody else that, that known you for a long time, how you get invested in a driver. And I'm just – I'm sitting there in your pits. And I look over at Carly and we go, ugh. Like was that a jinx? Was that a jinx that we noted that we saw each other? And, Obviously, it was. Yeah, it probably yeah. was. But watching your crew was so much fun, though, man. I mean, t- just before Snyder got up in the fence, they were nobody was hooting and hollering. They were just watching those monitors, man. Yeah, I mean, it's and that's what makes this team, I think, different than a lot of teams. And and everybody can say it, but the act of of being as one as a family, you know, I, I tell everybody that. That listens like this is not, yeah. When we're at the racetrack, there's the 16 crew, there's the mm-hmm. 10 crew, and there's 11 crew. But at the shop, it's not like that. Everybody touches these cars, and everybody has a say in every team. And you know, it's truly one of these teams where one of when a car wins from college racing, like everybody wins. So I would have loved to to give them a win here, uh, my crew chief. Bruce, he's had some ups and downs over the last couple of years, and I wanted to get him a win. <laughs> Nutrient Ag Solutions, I mean, we they came back to the race team. We thought they had left, and, and they were able to figure out and do a deal, and they believe uh, in me, and, man, we uh, we were close. Thanks. Hey, thanks for having me. Like I said, Freak Nation, a two-parter with A.J. Allmendinger. Uh, after that accident happened with Myatt Snyder, did he, I, either of you guys see that accident with Myatt Snyder in the Xfinity Series race last night? It was gnarly. Yeah. Holy cow. And then you can go, speaking of Bubba Wallace, you can go to Bubba Wallace's Twitter account. He and Michael Jordan were sitting in the stands and he put up pictures of how destroyed the fence was and how there's pieces of the car stuck in the fence. That was Bubba Wallace's perspective. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I mean, the engine flew out of the car. That's how much force this thing had. It was gnarly. I just can't, he walked away. He walked yep. away. And that was a Lucas Oil sponsored driver, by the way. Good to see him walk away. Our Freak Nation, second hour coming up, the Petter Solbergs, or the Solbergs with Petter and Oliver Solberg joining us, Haley Deegan and Jet Lawrence, Supercross pilot. It's all coming up. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studio. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined with Kenny Sargent. We love to party. Crash Gladys. What are we doing for the bachelorette party? And Stepman. I am serious. Here's the Freaks. Hour number two of Speed Freaks, a big second hour. Plenty of Daytona 500 conversation coming up in moments. Also, Supercross pilot running the 250s East. Jet Lawrence will be here. Haley Deegan running in the NASCAR Truck Series. And Petter Solberg and his son, Oliver Solberg, race the champions. And, of course, uh, rally specialists joining us here in the Freak Nation. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent. Thank you guys for hanging out. Bob Wallace with a – no, he didn't get the win. A two spot again in the so Daytona close. 500. Austin Cedric, 
Stan, imagine being a rookie in the Cup Series and winning the biggest GDAM race in the planet, well, at least in the United States of America. He is he's driving good equipment, and he's not with a bad team. True. He's, got a, he's a great driver, obviously, uh, and a great team put him in good equipment, so he must be pretty good. He was bought up right. He was trained right. But he's in good gear, and uh, I can think of uh, four or five teams he wouldn't have a chance to win no matter how good a talent he has. Roger Penske, as I said in the first hour, was in the media center, and it was it, it was fun to watch Roger talk about Austin Sendrick because he's, he's not talking about Brad Keselowski or Elio Castroneves or Simon Pagino. He's talking about the son of more than his right-hand man and Tim Sendrick, who, as Statman said, is one of the most powerful men in motorsports, who is what, president of Penske General Racing? General manager. General yeah. manager, yeah. Yeah. Just watching Roger talk about Austin was a whole hell of a lot of fun, which, by the way, his 85th birthday today, right, Crasher? Incredible. Yeah, I believe yeah. it is 85. Yeah, I wouldn't be too shocked if Roger Penske once bottle-fed Austin Sindrick. I mean, I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> it probably he, happened. He did, he, he did say he remembers Austin playing with building blocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you, you know? go. <laughs> And hey, guys, I know it's it's obviously the Daytona 500 is one of the biggest weekends in all of motorsports around the world. But there was another race this weekend. It was it was a pretty exciting kickoff for the NHRA. I'll get to it in news and notes, but not too shabby. New team Antron Brown's brand new spanking shiny Lucas Oil Slick Miss team taking the win with his co-driver, Justin Ashley, in top fuel. That's also big news that we got to be pretty giddy about. That's just awesome. I'll give you that. And Statman, there is a, uh, gosh, I'm going to get into something. I can't even think of the damn guy's name. The race director that was fired from Formula One, the guy oh, who yeah. gave the freaking, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, no, Massey, that's the best news. Yeah. You can't see my smile on the radio, but uh, yeah, maybe you can hear it. Uh, he deserved to get fired, but that's another issue. And uh, you know, that I, I did see a headline. And maybe it was a concession to insanity that uh, Lewis Hamilton said that Max Verstappen did what any driver would have done, uh, you know, and I couldn't bring myself to read the story, but <laughs> probably true. I don't think Lewis would have, uh, but if Lewis had a chance to win and what, and the, the gates opened up and he was allowed to drive through like uh, Verstappen was, uh, any driver would have, uh, with a world championship at stake, any driver would have done that. Okay, Kenny, how much time do we have? Is there time for Richie to put up a poll? What's the biggest news of this racing week? Was it a rookie driver winning the Daytona 500? Was it a brand new team winning in Top Fuel and NHRA? Or was it Massey being fired from Formula One? Well, the the first two don't register a heartbeat outside of the United States of America. The rest of the world, it's got to be Massey getting his ass booted. All right. I would say so. I would say so. Richie, go ahead and put it up, though. (laughs) All right, Freak Nation. Coming up, we have Haley Deegan. You know her, right? Her uh, NASCAR Truck Series debut this year. Uh, Didn't finish the way she wanted it to, of course, for Daytona. She's going to be joining us this hour. Also, 
Petter and Oliver Solberg, rally uh, superstars, will be here in the Freak Nation after the uh, race of champions. We caught up with them. And Jet Lawrence, who is running in the 250 East Series, in the Supercross Series, uh, he'll be joining us here in the second hour. Hey, man, thank you guys for hanging out, man. It's a big uh, big Speed Freaks night, Daytona 500. Bubba Wallace almost got him his first Daytona 500. It's all right, man. Austin Cindric, a rookie, grabbing the 500. But first, let's resume with some affiliates and some Crash Gladys pit news and notes. Speed Freaks, we promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the Freaks. Bringing in another round of affiliates here in the Freak Nation. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night from the Lucas Oil Studios. Almost 22 years of doing this thing. Stat Man, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent. Thank you guys for hanging out. More on the Daytona 500. Austin Cindric, a rook, winning the 500. But first, Crash Gladys, pit news and notes. Brought to you by our friends at General Tire. Go to their website, GeneralTire.com. Got us a big old northern coming in. Going to be cold as hell across the country here in a day or two. Make sure you're rolling on some General Tires. Go to GeneralTire.com. That's GeneralTire.com to check out the tires for your righteous ride. Crasher? Yep, the Daytona 500 weekend. It started off with the duels and that new team, RFK Racing, boldly announcing their presence. Brad Keselowski taking the first win and co-driver Chris Busher with win number two. That essentially set the field for the big race on Sunday. More on the Daytona 500 itself in a bit. Friday was for the trucks and the first big one of the weekend, the first of many. Staying clean with Zane Smith for his first win with his new team. And what's that about first win with a new team? Oh, Lucas Oil-sponsored Richard Childress rookie Austin Hill did that very same thing the very next day as a newbie in the Xfinity Series on Saturday. Just playing mega with that win. Also on Saturday, well, it was kind of more Groundhog Day in the Lucas Oil 200 Arca Series as Billy Venturini took himself yet another Daytona win, now five in a row, two in a row for driver Corey Heim on General Tires. But wait, there's more. Remember that rookie thing? Remember that new team thing? After a mega Daytona 500, it proved to be quite the trend this weekend. Rookie Austin Sindrick winning the great American race for Roger Penske. Oh, on the captain's birthday too. So if you're keeping score at home. Yes, that's two rookies winning in three brand new teams this weekend in Daytona. You can't write a Hollywood script better than this. I already titled it on Twitter this evening, Two Austins and a Zane Walking to Daytona. <laughs> Crack myself up. All right, on the other coast, NHRA was kicking off their season, and Lucas Oil sponsor Justin Ashley had had about enough of that Austin winning streak. So in Pomona, he did something about it in top fuel. His reaction time was slightly worse, but he drove around Austin Proc to secure this season's first Wally. Oh, yeah, he also drives for a new team. Like I said, Antron Brown Motorsports. Dude, Robert Height took the funny car win over Ron Caps in the finals, and Erica Enders crushed Aaron Stanfield to take home the season's first pro stock title. Yep, there's more on the weekend. Speedsport and Racer.com. They got you covered. More freaks next from Lucas Oil Studios. Motorsports Radio, redefined. 
How about this, Freak Nation? No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than its oil. But with Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do. Protect your engine and offer peak performance. Lucas Oil Heavy Duty Stabilizer, it eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Hey man, don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. That's right, keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Now you can get generic Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. Call now for the 50-pill special and save even more. Plus, get a free bonus. 800-993-1327. 800-993-1327. That's 800-993-1327. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-756-8720. 800-756-8720. That's 800-756-8720. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes boxes making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed. So there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Jet Lawrence, 250 pilot, Supercross Series kicking off in the East Series, or the East side of the Supercross Series. Of course, the 250 outdoor champion joining us here in the Freak Nation. If you could pierce your lip and your nose and would guarantee you a 450 championship, would you do it? Oh, 100%. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Come on now. I'd do that. Th- I'd do it today if you told me this. Well, yeah, you said guaranteed a title, Kenny. Yeah. That's huge. So, yes, of course yeah. you would. Of course. I mean, it's probably, it's a lot easier than going through all the hard work and blood, sweat, tears we have to go through. I mean, <laughs> a little broken bit of pain ribs. for like, 
Yeah, and broken ribs. Yeah, exactly. Just a little bit of pain for like a couple seconds ain't going to hurt as much as a whole year of hard work. <laughs> but it sounds like your mom and dad, they have a little vigilante justice and they'd whoop your ass if you cross them. And that might, that might piss them off if you walk around with a big freaking saucer in your lip. I think so. I think uh, my dad would give me a lot of a uh, lot of trash talk to me, and because uh, he's very, very old school, old school Australian. Same with our with my puppy Doug. We call him. He's very, very old school. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'd get I'd probably get whipped around a little bit. <laughs> whipped around, yeah. There you go. I see an I see an astronaut in there too. I'm having a good time looking at all of your stuff. What's the astronaut thing for? Where does that come from? I got that from my uh, from my mom for Christmas uh, last year. It's like a kind of little light thing. It shines up. I don't know it's kind of like where the lens is. It's got like a little camera light thing, and so it kind of shines up everywhere and shows some like kind of galaxy light thing, which is pretty sick. So it's my Christmas present. Mm. <laughs> wow. Are you a space guy? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's pretty cool, but not much of a space guy. I mean, if I had more space stuff, I probably would. You could say I'm a space guy, but I mean, that could be the start of something. I mean, it could be start of something. Who knows? I might be. I might be a space guy from now on. <laughs> Do it. You're in Florida, right? I mean, you're yes. right there. It's it. It works. This is a show called Speed Freaks. Space flying to space is fast. What you do on two wheels is fast. It works. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, one of the days I was doing a, a photo shoot for something, and and we literally seen one of the rockets go like sh- straight up and like almost over over and above us. So it's pretty cool. Wow, wow. <laughs> Jet Lawrence, there was I doing in doing some of the research. I saw a sentence that you said that you could prop you you got your injury on December 27th and you said that you could have probably raced at Anaheim 1 like uh, 10 days later uh, and with a cracked rib you got to be made out of something high tech yourself it, <laughs> was that just optimistic or did you really think you could win you could r- race that weekend well um I mean, I did ride a couple times before Anaheim won, even with a broken rib. I rode, rode, I think it was six days after I broke it. After after I broke my rib, I rode six days to see where it, where it's at. And um, hurt really bad then. But I'm like, okay. And then another week went. And it was the Monday of Anaheim won. I rode. It was a very, stru- very big struggle it was. Hurt, but... I'm a type of person that I don't like to uh, accept defeat. So I was kind of getting <laughs> mentally prepared. I'm like, this is going to hurt like hell, but I'm going to give my all. I've never, as an Australian, we never tr- we never back down from anything. So I was, I was up for it. But then the, uh, the team kind of sat me down and spoke like, hey, you don't have to, don't have to ride the champion, like start off the season uh, injured. You can wait. And Hunter, my brother, Hunter, was fully ready for East Coast. So like we can just put him in. He's fully ready. You can get fully healed and be back for East Coast. I'm like, ah. Oh. I mean, that would be the smarter thing. So I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I I guess we can do that. I rather. I think it's probably better off I do that instead of put myself in more pain and try and race. <laughs> wow. But wow. didn't I see in another place where you said you needed that to happen, or you're, <clears throat> excuse me, you're okay that it happened because you might have been a little bit ahead of yourself on your readiness for the West series. Did I read that? Did I misinterpret it? 
No, that's a, it's actually very correct. I, uh, I used it. It kind of humbled me, I feel like, more so, because I, I started and I guess I, I, I said uh, I peaked way too early. I feel like in my training, like I think I was a, like a week before I crashed, I was ready to go racing. And I think it was a good sign because I, I was feeling like Superman. I was feeling fast on the bike. Bike was feeling great. I was feeling awesome. Uh, like I was just, everything was going really good. And I kind of felt that I was just like a, a little sign warning from, from God to kind of like, hey, keep, I don't get too confident right now. So, so uh, it was a good, I mean, I got very lucky for how hard I hit the ground just to come away with a, with a fractured rib. So um, I'm very, very blessed that I, I came away with just that. And yeah, I, I totally agree that it was a uh, it was a good, good like nice, well nice harsh humbling for me <laughs> to uh, take a few steps back and go, hey, don't get too ahead of yourself. Jet, we wow. had your brother on in your place uh, the, to kick off the season, Hunter Lawrence. We tried to get him to talk crap about you, talk a little, talk a little trash, and he wouldn't do it. What's the problem there? Would you whoop his ass when it comes to trash talking? Probably not. He's he's actually, he's a lot more quick witted than I am. I'm a little slow on that. So uh, he's got my mother's side, my uh, my mum's side. She's very quick witted, uh, is very smart, and and I got my dad's side. We're a little bit slow. We'll we'll be laying in bed that night and go, damn it, I should have said that. So <laughs> so he kind of gets me on that. So on the trash talking side, I'm pretty sure Hunter gets me on that. Wow. Let's hope Dad doesn't hear this. Yeah. Well, that that already knows, anyways. He, that was the biggest thing when they were when they were dating when they were younger. Dazzy always said that uh, she'd always nail me nail me with the comebacks because I I just never had anything <laughs> to give back to her. So <laughs> yeah, now I really hope Dad doesn't hear this <laughs> for everybody's sake. <laughs> he flat out admitted it, though. Uh, well, yeah, he, he admitted it. <laughs> Oh, that's different. Admitting it to the family, admitting it to the oh, nation. Come true. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but has Hunter given you any insight? Or of course, talking about your brother again, has he given you any insight as to how the tracks have seemingly been a little bit more difficult this year? Is Dirtworks East gonna be as difficult, maybe the whoops at least, as Dirtworks West? Um, I don't know. It's been a I haven't really <clears throat> Spoke to my brother much. I mean, I, I have his contacts. It's not like I don't text him at all, but most of the time, I'm like, whenever we talk. So, um, yeah, I mean, when we talk, we kind of like just send silly dog videos or silly, the stupid videos that make each other laugh. We don't really talk much about racing because he knows that I'm the same way that away from racing, we're like, we don't want, like, when we're not racing or riding dirt bikes, we don't want to hear anything about it. So I never really ask, like, how the track is and that stuff. So, um, and yeah, I'm just gonna wait and see until we uh, until we get there in uh, Minneapolis and actually see it from my own eyes, see how the track is, see how big the whoops are. So yeah. Okay, so you were into the Puppy Bowl this past Sunday, not the Super Bowl. If you're dog yeah, people, exactly. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a huge dog person. I got my own little uh, English bulldog. Okay, there was a press conference just a little bit ago. You had this massive bulldog behind you. Was that your guy? Yeah, that, that was my that was my boy Moose. Yeah, that was him. I thought for it was the, funny. I'm like, hey, it looks too plain behind me. I'm going to put Moose right. up there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for the people that are watching this, put it. can you put it back up real quick? Your gorgeous boy? Um, I don't know. I don't know how to do it on this. Oh, true. That was a Zoom platform. This is, yeah. Listen, yeah. Let's, do, let's don't jack with the karma on this call. It's a little <laughs> iffy, Crasher. Come on. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to put that off, and this is gonna disconnect me. All this <laughs> right. Okay, yeah, valid point. <laughs> that, that whole that whole quadrant of the United States might go black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you you're a hip hop fan, correct? Yeah, yeah, I, I am. Okay, now here you go. If you had a chance to be on stage with those legends during the Super Bowl, mm. would you give up a? 250 East Championship just to be on stage in front of 114 million people with Eminem, Dr. Dre, Mary Blige, and all the other musicians? Um, it's a hard question because obviously the bonus money from a championship would uh, help me and my family out very well. But but being on stage with um with obviously like you said Eminem, uh, I think Dr. Dre was up there. Being on stage and getting noticed like that, I feel like it would help, might give me more opportunities in life. So it's kind of like you got to give and take a little bit. So if you're on stage, I might get a really good opportunity of probably acting. Probably not because I speak a little, uh, I, my speaking's not the best, even though English is my first uh, first language. And um, I probably don't have the looks for a, a movie actor because I get, I get banged up quite a lot. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a hard one because the championship's always nice, but then probably getting the opportunity to be up there with Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, and all of that, I think that would be that would definitely be a really really cool experience. So it's a it's a very hard one. I don't think I can really give you an answer. Jet Lawrence, they had sets that had stairs going up and down, and you know it was really wild. Like they were house to house. You could ride the, your motorcycle up and down those steps, right? Just be I in the background, and you wouldn't have yeah. to sing or say. Just ride your bike up and down, and everybody, yeah. Who's that guy? I could have, t- I could have totally done that. I mean, I, I am a horrible singer, so I think even if I, they were gonna make me sing, I'll probably still keep my helmet on so they don't know who it is. Oh no! I obviously don't have access to NASCAR's inner sanctum, but I can imagine lots of smiles that are happening in those hallways at the start of the Daytona 500. The Bush Light Clash in the Los Angeles Coliseum was a major TV hit, second only to the Winter Olympics nationally. The three and a half million who tuned in was equal to the last two years of the Bush Clash combined. But here's the big news. I read this week that teams in the Daytona 500 Sunday were owned by NBA legend Michael Jordan, boxing legend Floyd Mayweather, and entertainer Pitbull. These say those aren't good old boys or descendants from the Alabama gang. Is this strength in the NASCAR industry? Proof that expanding the audience beyond the Confederate flag is working? Or just the popularity of the great American race? It's early, but I guess there's a combination of all three. Sponsors will stand in line to talk to an audience, and that includes NASCAR if its audience is no longer sliding off the back of the grandstand. Peace. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Now in the Freak Nation running in the NASCAR Truck Series, it's Haley Deegan, and her popularity rivals cup drivers. Haley Deegan, it's about two years ago when you and I were hanging out here in the pits of Daytona International Speedway. I had a six-year-old at the time. It was your first race in the ARCA Series, and I believe you finished second or third? Second. In, in third? 
What has Haley Deegan learned between that race two years ago to where we are now with you in this truck? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So going back to that finish, second place finish at Daytona, it felt like an eternity ago to now. I feel like I've learned so much as a driver, as a person. I feel like I've grown so much. Um, I have a bunch of new great partners that I'm working with. So I feel like just a lot of things have come together since then. I feel like I have so much more experience and I know a lot better what to do during races. And I feel like just everything has gotten better. Why is it that some drivers will go from an Arca series car to a Xfinity car because the trucks are, are, are night and day to a lot mm -hmm. of people. How difficult has that jump been for Haley Deegan to jump in that truck? It's difficult. It's very difficult. If you talk to a lot of the drivers who have gone through the rings before, they'll say Arca cars are very similar to Xfinity cars. I personally can't tell you myself because I have not driven an Xfinity car, <laughs> but that's what I've heard kind of around the pit area. Um, so it would make sense. Everyone says kind of trucks are um, something more difficult to learn and different to learn because of the fact that they're just shaped different and the air handles differently with them. So um, I think just honestly getting that experience and trucks isn't bad though i feel like if you're able to drive a truck and then go to xfinity car whatever you're able to drive I, they're just more tools in your toolbox that you have learned from that type of racing i feel like if you go to any different type of racing you learn something from that i feel like you can learn something from any form of racing so i feel like trucks is definitely not a bad thing to run and it is super competitive <laughs> david gilliland we've watched him go from Irwindale speedway into trucks xfinity cup and now a team owner mm -hmm. Didn't win a whole lot of races, but he's just a good dude and down-to-earth, salt-of-the-earth kind of guy. Teaming up with somebody like that's got to be important for, I hate to bring this up, your age. And, mm -hmm. and, and with your old man knowing the Gilliland family like he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that... Um, having someone who has raced before at the highest level in NASCAR, it's definitely valuable. Um, being able to have that person who totally, completely understands what you're saying because they've experienced it before is invaluable. I think going to him for advice, whether there's something you're questioning or don't know what direction to go with your truck, it could be anything. You can ask him and trust his opinion on it. I know Bob over here for, <laughs> for 20 freaking years. With those consulting you, I I'm sure it was important given the structure of this team and the history of the Gilliland name in stock cars and maybe Southern California at a time? I mean, it's it's definitely cool to run for David. David's um, produced a lot of fast cars um, the last couple of years that I've been involved in racing. So I think it's a great team, especially with the now involvement with Ford. I feel like there's so many good things coming together. Obviously, I've known some of the people at Ford for a very long time because of my dad. Um, so I feel like it's just rekindling an old relationship and just everyone as a whole has been great working together. Something that you've established two years ago from where from that point to where you are now is social media fiend, and you and you and you you know the importance of it now. Uh, whether you're your age or you're fifty, you still have to be on it. Have you found older people come up to you going, Haley? How in the hell are you doing this all the time? I think everyone on the social media side kind of just asks you how, and I feel like it's there's no exact formula to getting that fan base or building that fan base because. Quite honestly, anyone can kind of build a fan base. There's different ways to, but to have a core fan group, anyone can really get followers. It's hard to get a core fan base, people that stick behind you, trust what you're saying, and believe in you and are interested in what's going on in every aspect of your life. I feel like that's very hard to build, and I feel like I've been very fortunate to spend a lot of time um, towards that and it pay off in the long run because I, now I have a huge fan base of people that support me and want to see what I'm doing 
and take interest in my life and my journey. Why? Why is it Haley Deegan? Is it because you, you, you figuratively can reach out and touch these people to, to react to their, their posts? I mean, I think personality weighs a little bit into it for sure. <laughs> I feel like I might be um, a little more entertaining than some of the other drivers or at you least, think? I mean, or at least put it on social media. I think there has to be, um, there's been kind of this stigma of like, oh, if you're a race car driver, NASCAR driver, and now is time, you have to be super buttoned up, have to be super perfect robot interviews. And I don't like that. I'm not about that. Um, I want to show my personal personality and truly who I am so people can relate to me and what I'm feeling. I want to be honest about what's going on during these races and how I feel about it. And I feel like it's attracted people towards me to be a fan of mine because of that so also there's not many girls driving a truck out there so <laughs> that probably helps <laughs> and you're not afraid to be the boss turn the damn camera around you chase turn, turn the camera around listen and this guy over here pointed over there on bob 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 had the camera and Haley looks at bob says you want me to grab chase to take this interview <laughs> I'm like, well, i got a guy for that that's really good at holding cameras <laughs> you can make the videos really cool too <laughs> Well, there's nothing wrong with being a boss at your age because eventually you're going to have to be the boss. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of people around me. I'd say they're more the boss of me. <laughs> they came me in line. But um, I feel like everyone, honestly, it's a group effort of everyone like hand in hand working together. I feel like there's no one person that does more than the other. I feel like everyone kind of has their jobs in our group and handles their side of things. But it all collectively goes together. What's the timeline to move up to cup? Wish I could tell you, but <laughs> it all really depends on um, sponsor funding, what partners we still have or what new ones we have in the future. Um, that plays a big part into it because it is expensive to go cup racing. It's very expensive, but uh, it can pay off in the long run for sure if you can get great people behind you from early on. So I think that obviously I would, I'm running trucks this year. It'd be great to run Xfinity next year, but I don't know how sponsor funding could look then. Something happened, we, whatever. Who knows? Um, I could do great this year for the rest of the season and we get a bunch of sponsors and we're like, great, we go full-time Xfinity racing, whatever it is. Um, it kind of just is playing by year um, how this year goes. I hope this year goes great and I have a good feeling about it. So we'll see after today <laughs> how it starts. But um, the timeline wise, I think that it would be great to run two years of Xfinity and then kind of reevaluate from there where we, what we want to do. General Tire on board. They help, they help pay some bills to put you up in Xfinity. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I'd be more than happy to. <laughs> you hear that, General? I vouch for that. Uh, Haley Deegan here in the Freak Nation. Haley, as always, man, thank you for doing this. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. You know, talking to Haley Deegan, we've watched her grow up. Two years ago, I said in the interview, we were here at Daytona International Speedway where she got her a top five in the ARCA series. Again, in the truck series, didn't finish where she wanted to, but uh, it's, a, it's an interesting pedigree with her. Of course, her dad, Brian Deegan, and what he's meant to just – uh, alternative motorsports, so to speak. But what I continue to hear about Haley, again, she's incredible when it comes to social media, is that everything that she needs to succeed in motorsports is there. It's just putting it together at her young age. And like Statman has said so many times, to win races, not to be in front just because of of being up front because of accidents or uh, other teams or other drivers' problems, Dad. Yeah, I mean, it's that's happening. Also, uh, he's not in a really series, but Ken Block's daughter, whose name escapes me at the moment, uh, 
Oh. She's starting to drift cars and drag race on video. And she's building her own social media presence. So, yeah, these guys, uh, you know, used to be the daughters would play with dolls and the guys would go out <laughs> and race cars. But Crash, I don't know what part you had to play in this, but they've watched you and listened to you. And uh, these these uh, young ladies, are, young women are stepping up and uh, knocking it dead. Bam! Love it. Haley Deegan here in the Freak Nation. Coming up next, looking forward to this one, man. It's not every day that you get the uh, father and son duo of the Solbergs. Petter Solberg, a international superstar with a son, Oliver Solberg. Now, race of champions, Crasher, stat, you can be – the race. explain the Freak Nation. Can you, there's, there's two days of racing. Yes, I believe one day is the team racing and the other day is the individual racing. Is that true? Yeah, it might it might be three, like two yeah. a qualifying day, and then one day for uh, teams, and then uh, the individuals go the next day. Yeah, but it's it's all it all happens in one weekend. Petter Solberg and his son Oliver Solberg, who of course uh, ran a race champion. It's incredible the conversations that we have with these guys and the fandom that they have for American drivers. They join us next, Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed. So there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. Now you can get generic Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. Call now for the 50-pill special and save even more. Plus, get a free bonus. 800-993-1327. 800-993-1327. That's 800-993-1327. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule. It's a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring 11 highly competitive racing series. This year's live coverage on MAV-TV features the Arca Menard Series, midget car action provided by the Power Eye National Midget League, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, and the Pro Pulling League. There's even the Moto America Series, Midwest Drag Racing Series, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, Hoosier Arena Cross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl National. It's MAV-TV's most robust live coverage schedule in network history. So come join us at MAV-TV, the only television network in the U.S. dedicated exclusively to motorsports. For more information on MAV-TV and MAV-TV Plus, go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24-7, 365. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil. It works. Hey, Freak.
Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Freak Nation, I can't say we've done this before. We've had rally champion Petter Solberg in the Freak Nation, but him and his son, Oliver Solberg, nope, it's never happened, but good reason that we have. A, a number of things we'd like to talk about, of course, race of champions, but real quick, guys, do you realize that Norway's kicking some major league ass in the Olympics where <laughs> the, the number of medals, you guys, Norway has more medals than any other freaking country right now in the Olympics? Well, it's going well for us, I guess. Race of Champions, Olympics, uh, everything. We are, uh, yeah, it's going strong now. So it's it's quite cool. Uh, guys like yourself who are well known internationally, I'm curious about your other sports prowess. Oliver, you first, and Petter, what other sports do you guys follow? Well, that's on my first one. Uh, uh, yeah, so well, <laughs> uh, I like ice hockey. I like NHL. And of course, I follow ice hockey in the Olympics now. So, I mean, that's one of my favorite sports beside rallying. So, uh, yeah, a big fan of that. I played it for a while also, actually. So, Ooh. I'm not good. I can tell you that. Oliver is <laughs> <laughs> quite small, you know. So, on the ice hockey track, it was not so easy, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> I was like the puck, you know, flying around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it, hold on a second. Real quick. Is it true that, that Petter is still taller than Sebastian Lowe? Oh. No, Oliver. I mean, Oliver. But that's I mean, not yeah, Oliver, aren't you still taller than Sebastian Loeb, though? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. What is he, like five two? Is he even five foot? I don't know how foot works. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> he is about uh, 160 in centimeters. That's a short bastard, isn't it? Yeah. He's probably my height. Well, anyway, they use the same seat and seat brackets and padding in the car that Oliver is using now, so... It's exactly the same seat position in every car always doing anyway. Oh, so there's a comparison, Sebastian Loeb to Oliver Pe- Oliver Solberg. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's quite cool, actually. <laughs> okay, but seriously, though, let's let's get to the race of champions from last weekend. And you guys both raced against Sebastian Loeb. How bizarre is that? I mean, this is such a friendly event anyway, because it's just fun to see all these countries coming together. But then, damn it, one of your good friends, Sebastian Loeb, knocks the chance off for you guys to be able to race again as father-son. <laughs> However, how fun was that overall? Oh, well, I... Honestly, you know, Sebastian Loeb is a very good friend of mine over many, many years. And uh, he's an incredible driver, that's for sure. And uh, we have a lot of good drivers there, but he was one of them to beat. And obviously, um, I was hoping more for Oliver to beat him this time. <laughs> but he was so <laughs> close in the, in, the, in the fight between them. But um, anyway, uh, Loeb knows Oliver very well. He had been also teacher for Oliver on on uh, tarmac uh, right. a couple of times but um, 
yeah, we want to beat him. But for me, I didn't have enough experience for a long time. But I, I did a small mistake and then it took me. And uh, But that's how racing is. But there was enough, enough other good drivers there also. Oliver Solberg, you raced here in the United States, rallied here in the United States uh, back in 2019. And uh, you had some success, six events, three wins. We always talk about here in the United States how good we are, how how we measure up. But (laughs) what what did you learn here to take back to uh, the uh, international rallies in uh, Europe? Well, you know, uh, racing in America was probably the coolest time of my life, you know. All the different places we went to, all the different people I met. And, uh, you know, PR and marketing is definitely something you guys know. And uh, that's probably one of the biggest things I learned. And, uh, you know, especially now racing against Jimmy Johnson and Colton Hurt and all these guys here, you know, they're so good uh, drivers and also fantastic people and good at media. And they definitely know how to do PR. So, (laughs) I mean, it's it's something big that I learned when I was over in America, how to, yeah work with sponsors and how to work with uh, with people and so on and and uh, first of all the rallies over there are are fantastic uh, but uh, the main thing that I could take into the international rally stage was probably to have more life in your interviews have more passion and even if I have a lot of passion you know <laughs> normally WRC interviews are quite boring but in America they know <laughs> PR so uh, basically just more action and more more life and bring the sponsors into it and just uh, yeah PR <laughs> Are there is there any wow. rally here that resembles anything on the international stage? I've been told that uh, they used the rally in Southern California used to resemble the roughness of Olympus, but uh, or of uh, uh, Acropolis. Yeah. Well, are there are there any rallies here that resemble any uh, events in uh, Europe? To be fair, many of the races were quite uh, particular, and uh, every race was so different, but. Uh, Olympus Rally up in in Washington State was was uh, something which resembled maybe to Wales Rally GB a classic uh, classic rally which is legendary and to be honest that rally actually went in the in the late seventies as a World Championship round also in in uh, in in Seattle so it's it has a lot of history and that I I actually won that race and it was a it's a fantastic feeling and it's a, a lot of history around there and uh, that fast roads. Fast roads, and it resembles mm-hmm. to some European country forest roads. Yeah. Wow, but, but Peter, I've got to ask you this. I remember my dad when I started being an athlete in high school. Uh, he said that he knew he was old when he ceased being uh, Mister Statman <laughs> <laughs> and became Statman's father. I imagine <laughs> you uh, are the same way. You, all the success you've had, being a world champion in rallying and a double world champion in rally cross you're close to becoming oliver's dad has is that a problem for you uh, as he starts to rise up the ladder in rallying well you know first of all yeah i wanted oliver to maybe do something different in life than motorsport i know (laughs) to reach the top it's it's so hard and it's like Oliver said before, you know, we wanted him to try ice hockey, football, tennis, uh, uh, and everything. But you know, if you want to be the best, you have to you have to try so many different things in sport to try to be complete. Um, 
I was the first one in Norway to to reach the top in in uh, in motorsport to be a world champion, and I can give him all my uh, experience, uh, all my detail and stuff like that. But uh, again, you also have some very good drivers in in your country. You know, Travis Pastrana. You know, he's he's a good friend. Uh, Ken Block. You know, these guys. It's actually the the guys always looking up to maybe more than me, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, you really need to give everything you can of every single detail if you want to reach the top. And and I think that experience, like Oliver did in America, completes more uh, everything to be a, a a very good driver, even if he have a long way to go. Uh, but he still is on a very good um, very good pace. But how does it feel? I'm sorry to jump in here again, guys. But how does it feel to become uh, Oliver's dad versus <laughs> being a former world champion? Now I can actually hear your question. So, yes. <laughs> no problem at all. Uh, the thing is, I could maybe have uh, continue, my, continue my career with different type of motorsport. But I've been selfish my absolutely whole life and enjoy of being a father and, and supporter for Oliver. It gives you much more, uh, even more happiness and joy when you see your kid is doing well, but also that he's actually enjoying what he's doing so much. And, and this makes me uh, sleep very well at night. And uh, luckily, I have only one kid because it is a big job to have a kid, especially when you're going... Going up to this motorsport uh, <laughs> ladder. So, but answer your questions. Uh, I'm very happy to be a father. <laughs> oh, that's way cool. And kind of circling back to some of the things we were talking about with Oliver earlier, Petter, how strange is it when sometimes Oliver can look at you and say, "No, no, no, Dad, we don't do it that way anymore. Things are, things have changed." How bizarre is that? <laughs> it's a very good question, actually, because this is starting to happen more and more now. You know, when they grow up and uh, daddy, you know, back off a little bit, you know. Oh. And I can actually see this uh, uh, with Brian Deegan also, with Haley Deegan. I, I think she's starting to get control of the father very well also. And it's, it's, it's great to see, but I think when they start to give you that, you know, back off a little bit, I think we have done a good enough job to where they are. And they have to develop in their own way and find their own direction and 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 believe in what they they're doing you know so uh, i'm more uh, i'm more like a social guy now behind the scenes and talking to a lot of people and friends and fans you know and and Oliver is doing his job absolutely it's, uh, superb so uh, as long as he's keeping focused and he don't have any girlfriends yet so that's also <laughs> a perfect thing you know because that can lose your focus <laughs> Oh. Well, hold on a second, though. You say he's getting his advice as far as driving. Let's say Sebastian Loeb, maybe Ken Block. Of course, you, Dad. But when it comes to girls, who are you going to allow him to get the advice from? Well, first of all, Definitely he's not my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't what? ask me about that, any questions like that. I think uh, this, this will just happen automatically. I, I hope you know. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd say a lot of race car drivers tend to do pretty well, oh, so I boy. think you're okay, buddy. Ooh. I think I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Petter Solberg's son, Oliver Solberg, joining us here in the Freak Nation. And, of course, Petter, 
Uh, curious, you, you mentioned some fantastic driver names, and I know they've got to be different between drivers that you looked up to, Petter, versus where your son is now. Uh, Oliver, you're, you're running against a seven-time NASCAR champion. That's significant. You're running against an IndyCar driver that really has a whole hell of a lot of promise, including Formula One in Colton Herta. How do you look at American drivers, Oliver, at this point? Uh, well, you know, I'm a big 48 fan, to be honest. And oh. I've been watching NASCAR for many years. And, and uh, yeah, Jimmy is a fantastic guy when I, when I met him now. And uh, I've been looking up to him, as I said, for a long time. I love NASCAR. I also love IndyCar. And I watch, watch Colton Herta a lot. It's really, really fast. And it's cool as two young drivers together racing with the two older generations together wow. in, in the Nations Cup. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, you know, Colton is a fantastic guy. Uh, we turned out uh, good friends now this weekend. And, uh, you know, Jimmy is a great guy also. So definitely you have so many great drivers in so many different sports. And you can really see that coming to, to snow and ice. And they really... Did great, and they could be so fast impressed. straight away. Yeah, very, very impressed. impressed. Very impressed. So, you know, it's uh, it was quite cool, quite cool the racing. Then, can I ask you this? If you have Petter, we had a chance to meet this gentleman, and Statman shared us an incredible insight to Ari Vatnin. Would he be a guy that you looked up to back in the day, Ari Vatnin, and, and what he did as a driver? The, uh, honestly, I'm going to be absolutely uh, honest with you now. When I um, Rallycross was a big thing in Norway. We had Martin Skanke that we looked up to because I came, I came from autocross with my parents for, for 10 years. You know, we didn't have any money to do anything else. So we built all the cars ourselves. And yes, Martin Skanke in Rallycross was a big hero. Well, when we got closer to 96, when I got uh, some money to actually travel to the Swedish rally, uh, then we were watching... Uh, Joa Kankonen, Ari Vatanen, uh, Colin McRae, mm. uh, uh, you name it. Uh, all these guys was for, for me big heroes. I was in the forest, minus 25, sleeping in a motorhome. Um, and, and I mean, you know, crawling in the snow to watch this guy. <laughs> it is people that I actually ended up with teammates, you know, few years few years later. And, you know, if you dream enough, you know, it looks like everything is possible. And uh, for me and my, my career and life, I've been absolutely fantastic. Uh, and and to meet gentlemen like this, I must say, who took care of us young drivers that time, it's, it's, uh, it's very respectful. Wow. Oliver, if we take that to your career, what you're talking about, NASCAR, IndyCar, Jimmy Johnson, uh, Colton Herta, you did so. You've done so well on pavement in rallying. Do we see you maybe coming to the United States to race? <laughs> Heaven forbid NASCAR, but would you want to race in uh, IndyCar or here in the United States on pavement? Yeah, you never know. You never know. <laughs> it, it, I was talking to Colton, and you know he wants to come over to me in in Sweden doing some rallying, and I come to him doing either some in the car or if I go with Jimmy to do some NASCAR, you know, so you never know what happens. You never know. Uh, I still like when to focus on my career first now and push on. Mm -hmm. And then if I get some time over, I would love to come to America, do something. And in the car looks great. Uh, NASCAR looks awesome. So, you know, why not? I think this crossover, you know, between if you go quite a few years back, you were so in focus on your sport. Now it's much more crossover to change, to learn from each other and jump in to try and and I think 
I think that's a fantastic idea, you know, to do this, uh, you know, challenges. So if we can uh, introduce maybe a little bit more rallying to some of the drivers that uh, actually Vettel said after the race of champions, he want to, he would love to try rallying now. And he's a good mm. friend. So I said, yeah, no problem. I will help you. So all of you coming over there and uh, do something uh, exchange with Colton. Why not? You know, we, we are here to drive and learn. I'm, I'm looking yeah. at Oliver's uniform there. He's got shell on the uh, uniform. That's Pinsky. And you have, uh, you're already connecting the dots, Statman. Monday <laughs> on the uh, uniform. That's Brian. Yeah, Monster, uh, Kurt Busch. Yeah, yeah Brian, Brian, Brian Herda. Why not? Yeah, it's you've like, already got Brian Herda and Roger number, I can tell it right here. If you want to see there it. you go. <laughs> there you go. You're already you're connecting the dots yourself before you even get, you even get ready. So it's it sounds like maybe. There might be some American racing in your future. You know, but uh, the fun thing is actually that Colton's dad uh, runs a Hyundai uh, yep. racing yep. team over in America, which, yep. which is quite cool. And uh, he's often where the factory is in Germany. So you never know. Maybe we have a connection there. You know? Freak Nation, you're not going to find that anywhere. Haley Deegan, the Solbergs, Jet Lawrence, plenty of Bubba Wallace conversation, A.J. Allmendinger, all right here in the Freak Nation. As we've done for damn near 22 years, Statman. Let's do it again, bud. Shoot the juice to the moose and... Cut it loose. Dip. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined.